Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is episode 155 of the Distraction Pieces podcast. That's a lot of episodes. Um, I've not missed a week in almost three years. and Some weeks there's been two, three or four episodes. So that's pretty cool. And it's amazing that you all continue coming along and listening. We've had over 9 million downloads. Um, and we're we're pushing on towards 10 million, which is crazy. So thank you all for tuning in. I hope you all enjoyed uh, last week's episode uh, with Neil Fitzmaurice. It kind of links to this week's episode because this is two different people that I'm working with on Walk Like a Panther. Now, when I recorded this, we were still on a uh, an what's it called an embargo, I guess. Um, we weren't allowed to talk about the project yet. Since recording it, it's been announced, so we can. So. But yeah, I mean, it was amazing to sit down and talk to Chris. I mean, on the podcast, but equally, it's it's been amazing to talk to him every day on set and just have. He's he's just an amazing storyteller. He's got amazing experiences and is, I mean, quite clearly an amazing actor. So, hope you enjoy this one. Before we get to it, summer is is definitely here. It keeps coming and going. It's fighting itself a bit, but um. SpeechDevelopmentRecords.com, we have our Dark Summer range out now where you can get Scroobius Pip swimsuits for the ladies, swim shorts for the gentlemen, sunglasses, leggings, vests, everything. There's loads of good stuff there. Um, but, I mean, there's there's tons of other stuff on the website too. There's Distraction Pieces specific stuff. There's two different Distraction Pieces t-shirts that you can get. There's a Distraction Pieces mug. Um, there's Drunk Cast t-shirts. There's a, f- a few of them left, so grab them. There's CDs, there's vinyl, there's DVDs, there's digital downloads, there's everything you could possibly want. So um, head over speech to, <laughs> head over to speechdevelopmentrecords.com and help yourselves to all of that good stuff. Anything else I need to plug or mention? I don't think so. When this comes out, so this will come out the week after. I've not told anyone about this, but I'm doing a little a charity thing with Samuel L. Jackson. And while I was on set filming Walk Like a Panther, I just got an email out of the blue from Samuel L. Jackson just saying, hey man, <laughs> sorry to email out the blue. Um, it's Samuel L. Jackson here, which is a mind-blowing thing to get. So uh, yeah, I'll tell you all about that um, probably in next week's episode because it will have happened then. It's not happened yet in this one. It's hap- For me, it's happening next week, but for you, it happened last week. Confusing, right? Yeah, I know. Anyway, let's get on with this episode 155. It's a two-parter. Part one is up now, and part two will be out at midday. So part one, I just talked to Chris. We talk a bit about Taboo, um, the project that me and, and him worked on with Stephen Graham, with Tom Hardy, and with all these amazing people. We talk a little bit vaguely about All Like a Panther. Um, and then we really jump into his upbringing, um, and it's fascinating. I thought the upbringing part would be a 10-minute chat, and it turned into... A, a part one of the podcast and then in part two as, as, as set out at midday he's very candid and open about working on our Zane pet on the first batman movie with tim burton and michael keaton and jack nicholson and all these amazing people he's really he he he, he, he doesn't pull any punches on when he's happy and when he's not happy with stuff so you get some real stories there um and then alien three which again he's got some mind-blowing stories of 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 medical woe of injuries and uh, all sorts of stuff. So check that out um, at midday, and uh, I'll talk to you at the end. So enjoy. This is Christopher Fairbank on the Distraction Pieces podcast. 
going um i'm here with mr christopher fairbank how are you sir i'm pretty good thanks pip yeah that's a very yeah. formal introduction i thought i thought i'd go formal on this one <laughs> well that's very kind of you most people don't yeah exactly <laughs> um it's, it's always awkward doing a podcast with anyone you're working on a project with because in general mm. there's all sorts of embargoes on talking about that project in any way shape or form Absolutely. so we're working on something and it's been a, a really nice and we and we've had some nice chats on set and i thought it'd be great to get that um on on the record as such so um, why not yeah I, f- I thought we'd have a chat um n- normally with these i'll kind of start with a bit of your growing up and backstory and then you're working into your chosen industry and things like that but i'm kind of going to go all over the place of right. this one because i wanted to start with because it's it's so f- fresh to me I was, I, was, I was saying the other day in fact we we were in the car um about to go to set and i got a phone call to say i wasn't needed that day Obviously. and there's been a film i've been tr- trying to see for ages so i got cancelled and a lot of people if you cancelled that short notice will be annoyed i looked at my phone instantly and saw the film i wanted to see was on in half an hour and it was a 10 minute walk away so so i was like perfect this is amazing so i rushed over there i, s- I sat down i got my ice cream i got my drink I was, I was loving it i sat down and it took me 10 minutes to be drawn into it because i was thrown by the fact i didn't know you were in it as, as one of the main people so i was it's like oh we were just talking this is you know it, yeah. it took me off, but it was, a, little, a, li- a little too close for comfort yeah, yeah the, it, uh, the two worlds colliding yeah, exactly so <laughs> it was lady Macbeth, and ah. it blew me away i thought it was absolutely f- a f- a fantastic so let's let, oh, thanks, let's dude. talk about that a little bit absolutely um, yeah how was that it it's it's rare to and it kind of ties to where we f- first met on taboo because yep. that is a kind of rare reasonably low budget period piece in general period pieces are the high budget mm. uh, 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 lavish things and, and lady Macbeth had the feel of an indie film despite it being a period piece so so how was that to to work on and to to, to jump in on uh, it, it it was amazing it it was like so much of the third act shall we say of yeah. my career i'm 63 and nearly three quarters now yeah um so i'm well into the third act yeah and yeah. it it seems to be uh shall we say um subtitled surreal right um and <laughs> lady Macbeth was uh, uh, an absolute case in point yeah um i'd had an extraordinary year that year and um we're what 2017 now so i think it would have been 20 yeah the end of and uh, i was um just on a roll really and this was yet another job that uh was uh what they call uh, a straight offer um as opposed to having to go through the torture of casting and right, waiting yeah. and willing and yeah, uh, yeah all the other things that we go through yeah uh, completely. in that sort of normal uh, the, process this gig we're on now is the first one i've had that's been a straight offer i i, I I wasn't aware that that was a thing particularly. I'm so new to this. I was like, well, everything I'd done before, I'd auditioned and cast and yeah, waited yeah. and not heard yeah. and then heard yeah. and not heard and then <laughs> the character got cut and all sorts of things like that. So this was the first one where they were like, We've, we, we want you, you. And I was like, 
Okay, that's that's lovely. <laughs> kind of thank well, you. So that was one now, of your uh, I, I wish people could see the expression because that's exactly how I always feel. Yeah, uh, on the rare occasion uh, that um, <laughs> that straight offers yeah. come through, half of me is hugely relieved. Yeah, that you don't have to go through the uh, nightmare that uh, auditioning uh, yeah. usually is. Yeah, but the other half of me is a little nervous to yeah. say the very least yeah. because uh, I am of the old school yeah. um, professionally speaking and uh, w- uh, when I do get uh, a, a straight offer I immediately think oh, are they sure have they got the right they, person exactly <laughs> you know they haven't seen me do it and yeah. what happens on day one uh, take one jaws hit the floor yeah. in um, well despair really hundred <laughs> percent I, I had exactly that on, yeah. on this project because it was it was the same thing where I'm like this is lovely but again in an audition as as as, as tiring as they can be or or, or nerve wracking as they can be you, as as you said you, you get to show them your interpretation of the character or the mm. direction that mm. you're thinking mm. even to the extent of the accent which was the, the thing I was nervous about on this because I was like well it's set up north they've not told me I need to do an accent they've cast so do i just turn up and talk as me or do i so it was it was a a, a, a nerve-wracking one in yeah. that way when it's like yeah. well yeah they're trusting you to interpret it in your own way and just turn up and do it rather than here's what i'm thinking that's right it, absolutely you know, so that's a scary one well well to make it even more clenchy yeah. um there was a wonderful um uh little uh, postscript yeah uh on the on the script and covering uh letter yeah uh from william oldroyd who who directed lady macbeth um you know saying well very very nice things yeah uh, amazing uh, like my work would love to work with me um he did talk about the character uh that i played in that movie um uh, as as being the the anchor um in terms of weight um yeah. you know dramatically speaking that yeah, is because yeah, i'm uh, about 10 stone tripping <laughs> wet so uh, it, it yeah. wasn't so much a physical yeah, uh, yeah. reference but yeah. uh, it, it was indeed you know uh, a dynamic um that the movie most definitely required from that 100 percent, and 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 i i can also see how I mean, you're speaking of being in 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 the third act of your career. It must have been a huge appeal on on that project for them because so many people are very much in their first act of their career on that piece, and uh, um, amazingly so. But that I mean, are talking to you about it on set because again, I I came in the next day and I was like, it was amazing. Mm. I loved it. So I wanted to know about it. I wanted to learn yeah. about it and learning that it was the director's first. That's right. A, a first feature. Yeah. Um, it was both of the leads' first features, really. Absolutely. Uh, well, Flor- Florence Pugh had um, had made one movie before yeah. the uh, the fall. Yeah. Or, yeah. or the falling. Yeah. I'm so sorry. The falling. Yeah. Um, Cosmo Jarvis, uh, uh, the other lead uh, actor. Um, I, I'm not sure that he had indeed comes had any from a music. That's it? right. The- His background is most definitely music. Yeah. Um, so I think it was um, pretty close to his first. Yeah, uh, and both uh, of those though were so as soon as they were on screen oh, just drew fantastic. you in 
just so much. And Florence in, in the lead in particular, it was oh, just stunning. Uh, amazing absolutely performance, stunning. absolutely amazing. Exciting to see what's ahead ahead there. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And the DOP, who obviously had um, uh, camera experience as yeah. an operator, um, but this was her, Ari Wagner, yeah. uh, her name is, um, and she, uh, it was her first time out, um, totally in charge, so to speak. Amazing. And the photography is, is yeah. just incredible. So, Again, it's, it's mad that the things that jump out are the photography, are the the choices in, in direction mm. and that lead role in particular. So it's amazing that some of those key bits that jump out are people having their first try. Indeed. It, but the beauty is the base that was given by, from what we spoke of, by the rest of the crew, mm. by the rest of the cast, mm. allowed those um, people that were doing it for the first time to have that the, that freedom to try their ideas out, to try Absolutely. things out that you might not have tried if it's your temp film and you've mm. got your your learnt um, bad habits as such, or exactly. your learnt uh, your go tos. It kind of allowed yeah. that freedom. It felt, yeah, indeed, and the honesty that that William uh, had right from the get go by yeah. telling uh, everybody um, that this was his first uh, feature. Yeah, um, he got. Uh, to balance off the uh, the uh, inexperience, if that is the right word, yeah, it, it yeah. feels somehow harsh. Yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah, you no, know I what I mean. Yeah, um, um, he he had the most fantastic um, uh, assistant director team yeah. uh, from first right through to third. Uh, there was a there was a wealth uh, of experience just to, yeah. to to steady the ship, so to speak. And I love that, like. Of, from what you've you've said when we were discussing it, there wasn't any of that a fake it until you make it type oh, no. thing. There was very much an honesty of look, I'm this is the first time I've done this. I I, I need all of you guys. All yes. of you guys are important. And the beauty of that, I feel, is it it also stops any any anyone who's got more experience but isn't directing. It stops them from having any. Oh, I'm gonna take this in my direction yes. or I'm going to take over or I'm going to do how I want to do that it because I've got the experience. It, it instead says, look, I need you. Yeah. You know, I, I, I need you to, to guide me here rather than, yeah, absolutely brings them on side. Absolutely. Well, that indeed can so often, um, sadly, uh, be the case uh, yeah. that, um, you know, certain departments, uh, you know, uh, sniff um, yeah. inexperience and and see this as an opportunity to um, well uh, to be kind uh, to step in and save the show uh -huh. uh, as they say yeah yeah yeah, yeah, uh, yeah when no saving is necessary yeah, yeah, we completely. just work as a team yeah and we and we uh, do what we're uh, being hired to do yeah um, the uh, the glue is without doubt certainly in uh, Lady Macbeth's uh, case is the script, yeah. which is uh, just uh, a fantastic piece of work by yeah. Alice Birch, who yeah. adapted it from the original novella. Yeah. Um, and um, that... Because it was, was a novella, and, and then it was... It, it, was it got opera, a lot of names. Yeah, yes. it, it got a lot of praise as an opera. Yes. Um, and yeah, it's... Yeah. It, it, right. it seemed like... And my brother was a big fan of the novella and the opera, and he was... He just saw a poster for the first time in, in London for it, and was like... Wow, that's a really odd choice for a conversion and mm. a bold choice for a conversion. Yeah. So he was kind of he's the one that recommended it to me. It was like you, oh, yeah. you need to check this out. It's right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an exciting yeah. one. Well, it, it, it. I've said this for for many a year, uh, but 
never more so uh, uh, does uh, there be a case for it, insofar as um, nobody, in my experience, has ever set out to make a bad movie. Yeah, of course. Everybody of course. tries their absolute best yeah. to uh, make the best movie uh, possible. Um, what will always be a question, because there is actually no answer, um, is why is it that with all of that effort, with all of that positive vibe, if you will, yeah. uh, towards every project, uh, certainly that I've been involved in, um, why is it some don't really take off, some indeed tank, uh, and others for no real apparent reason, um, given that all the ingredients are the same, mm. um, take off and somehow... Yeah. Um, strike a chord with with an audience um, more so than others. Uh, it, it 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 it's the thing I I, I guess that that keeps you coming back for more. Yeah. Really, yeah, um, it's, it's, it is a, it is a mystery. And, and and the thing recently, the the most a recent Fast and the Furious film is the biggest opening week box office of all time. And I'm not against the Fast and the Furious films. I'm not particularly a fan of them. No, I don't but, think I've but seen one of them. But again, I'm not a, a, a movie sn- sn- snob in that way that I turn no. my nose at, no, no. at them as such. But it does make me go, why is that the biggest mm. a box office? Like, w- things like Star Wars, I could see why something like that would be. Or even when Avatar came out and it was all the excitement of, of the new technology and all this yeah. kind of thing. It's like, again, not particularly films that are in my top ten films of all time, but... I understand that. Yes, absolutely. But it, it, yeah. it, it does make your mind a boggle a little bit of what is what was it that made that formula just yep. come together and yep. work for the public as such? Well, I guess the uh, the, the thing is that uh, it is an unanswerable, uh, yeah. unquantifiable uh, yeah. uh, situation. Otherwise, uh, it would be formulaized, bottled, and every single movie would be a block. Yeah. blistering yeah. success it'd, it'd be easy wouldn't it <laughs> yes exactly exactly and that's um also another key factor i i think in any um uh project yeah is um when things seem to be a bit too easy when everybody is slapping yeah. each other on the back and high-fiving and hugging and how aren't we wonderful? I start to get a little bit nervous. Yeah. Uh, because there has to be that difficulty. Yeah. There has to be some sort of, of conflict. I don't mean, you know, bust ups and hissy fits and uh, no. all the rest of it. Although, although it is part and parcel uh, of the thing because you are working in a, in a sort of, um, heightened, um, unreal, uh, dreamed up. Yeah. Uh, reality yeah. and uh, sometimes dreams clash yeah. uh, to put it uh, 100% I, I, one way you I know can... but it's all grist to the mill it's all part and parcel of the process yeah. and for me somehow um a little bit of uh, of conflict um things going uh slightly wrong yeah. uh, uh plan b's having to be hashed together a bit fast and uh, let's see if we can get round the obstacle this way those kind of problems yeah. that uh, always engender some sort of conflict um, I find uh, make the whole thing real and I feel much more rooted in um, in what I'm doing yeah. uh, when it is like that Lady Macbeth uh, it was cold 
oh, that house was cold. Man. Yeah, you know, yeah. and because it was so low budget, um, there were no uh, facilities. Yeah. Um, there weren't dressing rooms. There was one room that we were allocated for uh, for wardrobe and makeup. Right. Um, wow. uh, sorry. Um, 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 uh, gilding the lily there in a sense uh there was a, a makeup room but there was it was just one room yeah, uh, yeah. for both uh, um situations uh there were no dressing rooms there was uh, a curtain that you could mm-hmm. sort of discreetly uh change behind <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, there was nowhere to sit and that is really difficult yeah uh, because so much of well any actor's uh um input uh in uh any given day's filming uh, involves an awful lot of hanging around yeah, because yeah, unless you are in every single scene um, there is going to be quite a lot of time where um, A, you're not wanted and and B, um, uh, sorry uh, A, you're not needed and B, you are most definitely not wanted yeah, uh, yeah. lurking around uh, getting in people's way 100%. and all the rest of it It's, it's what... Uh, 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 being so new to, uh, to this industry, it's it's what I love is I found the areas of of monitors or of wherever else where I can be making the most of my time waiting around. I can be learning, or I can mm. be talking to guys with have been doing this a long time and things like that, and learning and, and being experienced without being that. I, I know on the first thing I did a few times, I really wanted to be kind of watching as it was being filmed. And things like that. and again, you learn quite quickly that there's a lot going on there. We need yes. you out the way, yes. you out the way. But again, if you if you can get off to Monitor World or anywhere else, then that's kind of somewhere where you can be be watching and yes, learning and absolutely. taking it in and not causing absolutely. any yeah. any grief. It's an interesting one because I I completely agree with what you say there. If if everyone making it is having too much fun, then it feels like in a lot of instances that's not going to translate on the screen mm. it seems like fun at the time but it will feel that might not come across now weirdly again being vague and mysterious the project we're working on at the moment the main drive of the story is a unity and mm. everyone pulling together so it feels Absolutely. on this project the fact that everyone seems to get on really well that feels like that will translate Indeed. in this project it's not the kind of project where Absolutely. that's an issue but but they're rare yeah. I think it, I think if, in in ninety percent, taboo for example, taboo was one where there was a lot of people are working hard and having to make plan Bs and all that. If everyone had been there every day, laughing and messing about, that wouldn't have translated in exactly. that type of show because yes, yes. it's very bleak no. and very dark and very say, serious. Yeah. So yeah. that wouldn't have worked was there. Entirely different, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And again, he 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 had a lot on his his shoulders. He had a job to do. So yeah, oh, it kind of it and how. It, yeah, it, yeah. it pulls all that together in that way. Yeah. Um, so, uh, let's kind of again. There's again, often I'll work for, through someone's career. Your career's had too much in it for me to work through all of it. I'm afraid. <laughs> I do apologise. Um, but I've made uh, some notes of ones I will get to. But but let's go r- right back ahead of career. And you're you're an Essex boy. At, um, I am indeed at, at heart. So, yeah. so where did you grow up, and what was your kind of upbringing like? At 
Well, um, uh, I was uh, I grew up um, uh, in an Essex village called Clavering, yeah, uh, which now um, has a bit of a uh, bit of the ring of fame attached to oh, it. Really? Uh, nothing to do with me. I, I, I hasten to add. <laughs> But um, Jamie Oliver's family oh, right. um, moved into Clavering. Um, I can't remember exactly when, but it was a good, good few years ago. Yeah. Um, and uh, they were uh, certainly, uh, as uh, the local villagers thought, on a hiding to nothing uh, in trying to revive the fortunes of... Uh, there were three pubs, and probably still are, although, yeah. I don't know, with uh, pubs closing left, right, and centre yeah, these days. Sure. Uh, but there used to be three pubs in um, um, Clavering, uh, one of which uh, was uh, a pub called The Cricketers, mm-hmm. which, before um, it was named The Cricketers, was the Princess of Wales. Right. And uh, the deterioration started way back then, right. in the sort of late 50s, early 60s, and uh, Mrs. Camburn, who was the landlady uh, back then, um, died. Uh, the pub then moved to um, <laughs> the local Donald Trump. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. That was a, his name was Doug Luff. Right. And he had the post office. He had a share in the local garage. He was buying up everything. And uh, the cricketers King of was one. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Doug Luff and his Jaguar and his <laughs> uh, cravat and pink shirt and um, sort of smell of brill cream yep. all slicked back and yeah. uh, everything. Uh, Prince of Wales check trousers, you know, the Perfect, perfect. <laughs> the sort of uh, character. Um, and um, he lost a fortune on it, um, much to the schadenfreude delight of, yeah. <laughs> uh, of many people. Yeah. He got shot of it, and I believe um, the next um, uh, landlords were uh, the Olivers. Right. Um, Trevor and Sally, yeah. um, Jamie's uh, mum and dad. Yeah. Uh, Jamie and uh, his sister Tamsin yeah. uh, moved in there um, with, as I say, uh, sideways glances and uh, mutterings under the breath yeah. as to uh, how long they'd last. It'll before. never work. Yes, exactly. And uh, the rest, as they say, is dot, dot, dot. Apparently, yeah. you can't get a table there for about three or four months. You have to book Amazing. Uh, uh, up in advance, which is, uh, which is fantastic. And um, uh, Jamie obviously um, uh, honed his skills um, back then, you know, yeah. helping out uh, his mum and dad, yeah. just as I honed my skills in delivering groceries yeah. <laughs> and newspapers. Uh, I was certainly doing that from a very early age because my parents had the uh, one of the um, local uh, village shops, yep. um, Doug Luff, of course, yeah. uh, being the big operator. Right. Uh, you know, two or three hundred yards up the up the road. But vill- uh, Clavering is a weird village. It's, yeah. it's sort of made up of hamlets, really. So, right. Um, it, there's an awful lot of distance uh, um, to cover. Yeah. Um, in the, uh, as it were, um, parish boundaries yeah. that yeah. is Clavering. Yeah. Um, so uh, there was room for, uh, so an, for all. a nightmare run for a paper boy, I oh, imagine. I, I, well, B- indeed. Big gaps between oh. when you actually get to deliver papers. Yes, round, round, uh, <laughs> round one 
which was the toughest in terms of distance covered. I mean, yeah. you really did do a good three or four miles a day wow. yeah. um, covering that yeah. uh, as a as a paper boy. Yeah. But um, it, that was essentially uh, it, you know, uh, my uh, again, a bit like a pub uh, in effect, and certainly within a village uh, uh, community, uh, you are at the hub of things, yeah, really, yeah, because of course. Um, uh, virtually everybody in the village at some point uh, steps into your front room, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, the front room, in in my case, being the shop. Yeah. It was one of those, you know, it was attached to the house and yeah, everything. Yeah. So uh, um, it, it kind of threw the, the usual dynamic um, uh, into uh, uh, the complete opposite. Yeah. I, I, I can remember from a very early age thinking, uh, why is it I seem to be, along with my sister, of course, the only people whose parents never leave? Right. Because everybody else is. Uh, well, it was more dads because back in the 50s, you know, it was yeah. a lot more traditional then. And yeah. for the most part, uh, women stayed at home. And, and the dads would go off and, and the work. the dads would go outside out to of work town, yeah. and come back and have their dinner on the table mm-hmm. at the same time every night, etc., etc., etc. But um, our, our, um, uh, our life wasn't like that uh, because the, the work was indeed part of the home. And... Um, so did that mean you've, you you were very much a lot of your upbringing was very much r- rooted a, a within Clavering? It's, yeah. it, it feels like particularly in those in those villages, it's not the kind of place where you you venture out particularly early on. It's very much that. Very the, much so. The, the, this is the world, and it's weird because it's that the, that feels somewhat restrictive. Yet in this day and age, I'd imagine you would talking to more people on a daily basis than most people do now because of yeah. the way our, our, our towns and villages have become that there's Absolutely. not that community and interaction Absolutely. it may have been a small world that you were living in but at least you were you knew everyone essentially. Exactly, it was a world that where was everybody knows your name. As, yes, as such. that's absolutely right. Yeah. Um, but I did again buck the trend um, uh, within all that you've just said there, bit because um, the form was that you went to the local primary school, yep. uh, which was, in, in fact, divided into into two schools. The lower school, just behind the parish church, uh, you attended until you were um, seven or eight. Mm-hmm. And then you went, uh, in effect, through the graveyard, um, <laughs> up Middle Street, and uh, went to top school, as right. it was known. Um, and from there, you went uh, via the 11+, plus, um, either to the local, um, as it was back then, secondary modern, mm-hmm. which was in Saffron Walden, um, and a few, uh, very few uh, boys um, uh, who passed their 11+, plus would go to Newport Grammar. Right. And that was essentially um, the, the educational route. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was... <laughs> Um, uh, when I was five, mm-hmm. uh, when I started at uh, uh, lower school, yep. Clavering County Primary. Um, a, a, a before you had to, to cross the graveyard. Before and, I had and, to uh, and, and cross. Face, exactly. face adulthood. As, <laughs> Indeed. Um, well, I got my first taste of um, uh, uh, certainly uh, received adulthood within yeah. the educational uh, uh, system um, uh, by being caught smoking. Right. Uh, in the toilets. Okay. 
um, at age five. At age five, right. Yes. That's, that's, that's unusual. Is that I have yet to meet anybody <laughs> um, that started smoking earlier, yeah. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, and in wow. fact, I've yet to meet anybody who um, <laughs> had their first drag on a cigarette at that uh, yeah. um, uh, early age. Um, <laughs> but the problem was that the toilets were open air. Um, right. Or at least the urinals were, mm-hmm. um, and the uh, the other toilets were rum chemical. It was mm-hmm. all Elsan. There yeah. was no uh, yeah. main drainage or anything like that, and so uh, the stalls were kind of uh, a bit open as well. Yeah. Um, and me and two other boys, uh, both older, um, yeah. uh, were uh, puffing away in the morning break. And, uh, one of the, uh, other boys, um, saw all the smoke issuing from, uh, the toilet area. Yeah. And informed the headmaster, thinking that the toilets had caught fire. <laughs> so <laughs> this is indeed how, how, uh, we were caught. But, um, I don't know whether it had anything to do with the fact that my parents were, as it were, um, known, yeah. um, within the village by virtue of, uh, the shop. But, um. Did you uh, get the cigarettes from the shop? I did. I stole yeah. them. Yeah. See, that's the logical route. I can see yes. why the older boys would be, be luring in, in, in the young lad because he's got the access to. Absolutely. It's clever. Uh, um, it makes I've sense. Got, it's it, logic. It, well, um, uh, the memories are a little bit hazy as to the build-up to all of that, but I've got an awful feeling it was entirely my idea. <laughs> no one lured in. Just, and, I've got these. And I nicked um, ten gold leaf and um, a, bo- a, a, a box of uh, Swan Vestas yep. off the tobacco shelf in the mm-hmm. shop. Um, well, um, I, I certainly got uh, double bubble in terms of um, uh, punishment for yeah. such. Uh, my father um, uh, let me off. Well, he didn't exactly let me off, but uh, I was expecting a beating mm-hmm. uh, from him. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, because I owned up immediately as to the fact that I'd stolen the cigarettes and matches, yeah. um, I will never forget it, uh, that um, he, he did actually commend me for my honesty. Mm-hmm. And I think that might have saved me yeah, from yeah. a beating. But, however, um, I wasn't allowed television for three weeks. Right. And this was kind of um, the equivalent of uh, everything technological that yeah. we have here today. Yeah. It would be, the, I suppose, uh, uh, you know, uh, a child having his iPad uh, yeah. confiscated. Yeah, for, everything... Uh, t- for, for taken away, you know, and, and and even more so in a small village. War and and not, and because there there wasn't twenty four seven telly either. Yeah. It was strictly uh, limited. I think it was only about five hours a day. Yeah, two of which I was allowed to see before it was bedtime. So yeah. it was a massive, massive yeah. punishment. But it didn't end there. Um, uh, I uh, experienced my first. <laughs> Um, taste of the cane right. um, because wow. the headmaster uh, caned me mm-hmm. uh, and it was me and me alone the other two boys were let off with a warning I believe right. um, but I was the one uh, considered to be the ringleader of the whole um, uh, yeah. experience and therefore it was me who was caned it the punishment. Was, yeah it was um, six across the hands 
um, oh, that I that I got, uh, and uh, I can remember um, it wasn't too bad when you when you got them across the palm of your hand, mm-hmm. but whether he did it deliberately um, or accidentally, and uh, it wouldn't at all surprise me if it wasn't the former. Um, <laughs> um, he uh, caught me across the uh, knuckle joints of my fingers. And that hurt. In fact, uh, thinking about it, I can feel the pain right now. Yeah. Because uh, he had an awkward um, door catch uh, uh, on his his office. Uh, it was a sort of brass inlaid uh, right. handle, which was kind of like a semicircular device that you had to pull out before you could twist yep, it in sure. order to open the, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. the door. And I can remember again to this day um, refusing to cry but the pain was so intense trying to actually get myself out of the office. It took both hands to actually um, open the door and and get out. So um, uh, that was uh, essentially um, (laughs) the shape of things to come educationally. Um, My father removed me from uh, Clavering uh, uh, when I was seven, but not before I got my first taste of uh, what essentially has become my life, which uh, was playing um, Mr. Brown in a production of Paddington Bear. Wow. Um, at, uh, Clavering, uh, well, at the Village Hall, as a matter of yeah. fact, was uh, where the uh, production went on. And uh, a boy called Graham Leach, who was playing Paddington, yeah. um, forgot his lines. Right. And it was the curtain line. Yeah. And um, according to Mrs. Driver, uh, the drama uh, or producer uh, of this epic, um, uh, <laughs> I managed to improvise uh, our way off stage by burbling on about not being able to hang around for you to say anything because we've got a train to catch. Come on. And off we uh, went, and Mrs. Driver was able to bring the curtain down. Amazing. Uh, so, um, uh, and she apparently remarked on this uh, to my mother uh, when she came into the shop for her uh, whatever it was she needed, um, saying that uh, it did seem to be an extraordinary feat of presence of mind to be able to uh, improvise at such a young age. Amazing. And save the show. And, 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 and the kind of thing that you wouldn't know it was a skill that you had until you're tested upon absolutely. it. Absolutely. You could have frozen in that moment. You could have you could have stepped up and 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 taken the reins. Yes, indeed. Well, I knew that something had to happen. Um, I I essentially knew everybody's lines. That's how uh, appallingly precocious I I must have been (laughs) back then. You know, but uh, I knew something had to be done. Uh, because otherwise the show couldn't continue and the yeah. show has to continue. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so that was it. So then it, I went it, to... It had to end as so you could go and finish your fag off out, yeah. out the back. <laughs> <laughs> the, the motivation. Exactly. yes. The motivation exactly. is strong. <laughs> yes, I need the, uh, the end of Act One cigarette. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, no, the, the problem seemed to be really that um, um, I, I was... Um, Spent all of my time apparently uh, playing the fool, um, yeah. but was uh, remarkably quick at the basics um, mm-hmm. in in education. I could read, write, add up, take away, subtract, divide yeah. um, relatively quickly and very easily. Um, anything beyond that, uh, latterly, uh, was a massive problem. Right. Um, yeah. But uh, my father thought uh, this is ridiculous. He's uh, in the 
the uh, top two or three every single term and he's just playing the bloody fool. So mm. one, he sent me to a junior school in um, Saffron Walden, the local right. town, yeah. which um, at the age of seven essentially uh, uh, meant that I was single-sex educated uh, right up until, um, uh, well, essentially being expelled, uh, right. as uh, as indeed happened. And, um, and what was your journey to school at that age? Was it... It buses to get there. Yeah, or was it was. It, yeah. Well, yeah. It, um, by virtue of the fact that um, uh, the life of a news agent certainly uh, back then started um, at a very early hour of the right. day. Yeah. Um, it essentially meant that uh, papers were delivered to the paper boys, uh, and um, uh, all of that was. Uh, taken care of before about seven o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. so one breakfast and then i was driven to newport which is about three or four miles away and then got the local uh, bus yeah. um from newport to saffron walden mm-hmm. and the same again at the end of the day where i was uh, met at newport and and brought home yeah yeah and uh, the big winter of 63 Right. Um, was uh, was <laughs> talk about the rock and the hard place yeah. uh, because uh, we we managed to get me to to Newport as I say three or four miles away from Clavering and uh, the blizzards were were so thick uh, that no buses were running it was right. uh, just uh, bleak yeah and uh, so I thought well what do I do I've got a four mile walk back to Newport because yeah. there were no phones or yeah. or anything like of that course. I couldn't phone anybody um or I've got a four mile walk to school and uh, for some <laughs> extraordinary reason I opted to walk to school um, I mean, and yeah. arrived there um, a little late, shall we say? Yeah, I can um, imagine. Soaking from head to foot um, because there was another uh, snowstorm en route. Yeah. And I disappeared almost uh, up to my chin in a couple of snowdrifts <laughs> because uh, yeah. there were ditches that obviously I didn't know. Yeah. I was yeah, trying yeah, to keep yeah. off the road. There were no footpaths or anything. So, um, wow. Uh, and um, was some um, stood up in front of everybody to as a, as a glorious example of dedication, determination, yeah. and, a, and a willingness to learn. Yeah. Um, but um, uh, that was that until uh, I, I sat amazing. an entrance exam for uh, for a, a boarding school in in Canterbury, mm-hmm. um, Kent College as uh, the name of the school, and uh, I, I passed that exam. And uh, spent the rest of, uh, well, pretty much the rest of my uh, educational uh, career um, at boarding school uh, yep. in Canterbury. And, um, and, and was that s- s- somewhere you focused on acting and on, on performance? Or what was the well, at that um, stage? Well, by... by uh, happenstance. Um, uh, it, 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 it wasn't in, in any way, um, part of the, uh, the curriculum there, mm-hmm. but, um, there was a very strong, uh, element of drama in right. the form of house plays, mm-hmm. uh, the school play, and, uh, the biology master, or one of the biology masters there, uh, was also a brilliant actor and director. Great. And, uh, we had a modern English master who wrote a play especially for uh, us oh, wow. um, along St. Monday which centred on the Industrial Revolution and um, strike breakers and agents provocateurs wow. and uh, all of that uh, mm. area of social history 
Uh, along St. Monday, it was called. Oh, um, what a great way to learn as well, though, to, 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 to be making it a game, essentially. Ex- indeed. Your indeed. education, rather yes. than here's, here's a story, let's make that story, let's That's create right. that story. Absolutely. Uh, and awesome. um, it was uh, definitely, um, I, I, I've always wanted to be an actor, I mean, pretty much since uh, my debut as Mr. Brown in Paddington yeah, Bear. Yeah. I, I just got the, uh, well, um, uh, people call it a vocation, I tend to refer it, uh, refer to it more as a virus, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a bit like herpes. Yeah. The minute you think you got rid of it, it uh, comes back in yeah. all manner it's, of areas that you didn't think it It's existed. kind of interesting how little it can take, and it, it feels like at that age, being told by a teacher that you'd done good naturally and that you were naturally good at this is enough often to give you that that urge to, mm. to run in, the, in, in that direction. If that moment... It, essentially... If that other boy hadn't forgotten his lines, it may never have gone in the direction it Indeed. went. Do you know what I mean? It could have just been another thing you did because that's what you did at school. But because yes. you had to improvise in that moment and got that praise. Yes. And again, and not to, 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 to speak like it's a different world, but particularly in those times, praise wasn't at the forefront of education. No, no. And and, and of upbringing in general. It was, was very much people getting on with what they do. So exactly. to, to, to have that was yes. probably a real yes. exciting thing to make you go, all oh, right, I'm a, an, an adult is telling me I'm good at something. Well, I, I want that to happen again. There you go. And more well, often. Um, I, I, I really seriously hoped it would happen yeah. uh, uh, while I was away at school. Yeah. Um, and in fact, there was a terrible, terrible moment when uh, uh, rumour had it uh, that Mr. Carter, uh, mm-hmm. the biology master who right. uh, directed the plays, uh, wasn't going to do it anymore. All right. And uh, essentially, my world fell apart to such an extent that um, he happened to uh, also be um, what they called the um, the house tutor, uh, which was the second master within the, uh, every boarding house had a house master, and then there would be another master, usually, yeah. uh, um, well, in fact, always uh, unmarried, mm-hmm. as Mr. Carter was uh, at that time. Uh, and uh, I knocked on his, uh, his study uh, door in desperation, uh, to find out if there was any truth in this uh, rumour, yeah. um, which took him aback somewhat because uh, it was something that you didn't actually do. You yeah. were summoned. Yeah. You didn't yeah. uh, just knock on people's doors and uh, question. And question. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, once you got over that and <laughs> sort of um, didn't give me a, a clear answer as to whether it was true or not, um, I kind of confessed to him that actually what I wanted to do with my life was to become a professional actor. Mm-hmm. Um, and he immediately dissuaded me from it. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah. And I thought, well, uh, when he said, uh, I, I wouldn't re- recommend you do that at all, uh, were his words and uh, I immediately thought because well I'm obviously not good enough uh, mm-hmm. and he would know um, but then he went on to quantify what he just said by saying that it was a profession riddled with alcoholics homosexuals and drug addicts and I thought That's two out of three ain't bad <laughs> perfect <laughs> uh, yeah I'll, sounds I'll, great Oh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> when can I start? Yeah. Um, but uh, it, it was um, uh, a few years later uh, before uh, uh, 
I eventually uh, made it to drama school by, yeah. again, um, certainly uh, to this point in time, um, a unique uh, path. Right, yeah. Um, that uh, I haven't uh, really heard anybody, uh, in a sense, come close to. Okay, um, go on. Well, um <laughs> Uh, my time at boarding school terminated, uh, unbeknownst to, to me, uh, I was just informed by my father after the uh, first year in the sixth form, the A-level uh, stage of, of, of educational life, having uh, spectacularly underperformed at O-level, um, uh, that uh, he wasn't going to waste any more money, in effect. Uh, he'd come to a mutual uh, agreement with uh, the headmaster that I wasn't to return uh, right. the following uh, term. Okay. And as far as he, my father, was concerned, uh, I could do what the hell I wanted because he'd uh, had enough of uh, of these continual uh, failures wow. um, on my part. Um, I essentially begged him to uh, give me a second chance. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I went to the local comprehensive school, as it was by this time. Mm-hmm. This would be 1970-71, mm-hmm. um, and the whole secondary modern uh, uh, grammar school uh, divide yeah. was under serious breakup. Right, um, right, right. And I do recall that it was round about the uh, onset of what is now known as the comprehensive yeah. uh, education system that... Mm-hmm pretty much still exists to this day um however um i only lasted there um about a term and a half um and this was due to uh just before i left kent college uh this would be at the time of uh you know the late 60s um easy rider was the big movie uh, of the time and along with that um you know the whole hippie movement uh the vietnam war protests uh all of that peace love uh drop tr- tune in uh turn uh, on, turn on and, and drop out yep, yes yep. timothy leary yep. all of that stuff and um i was a little curious uh, as to what that world was all about yep. so i discovered cannabis yeah uh when i was about 16 as a matter of fact and um you know finances permitting you used to have um the quid deal is what it was amazing about. You know, you had a pound, and uh, you, yeah, you, you, you got a you got a few smokes for a quid. Brilliant. That's for sure. That's good value, indeed. And uh, anyway, I carried this on, and um, within uh, I think about a week of starting at the comprehensive uh, in South and Walden, uh, there were a couple of other outsiders, mm-hmm. uh, as it were, who just started uh, in the same year, the sixth form, and uh, they had um, connections. And there was a cafe uh, that uh, all the uh, the subculture um, <laughs> revolved yeah. around. Yeah. And uh, anyway, it was one day when I was uh, late for the school bus. Uh, they the school itself ran a bus service for yeah. all the villages uh, uh, surrounding Saffron Walden. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I ran up to Blacksmith's Corner to uh, to catch the bus to school that morning. It was actually a run in the opposite direction to uh, the school. Uh, so as I passed the shop on the bus heading towards school, uh, my stomach and everything else uh, did a 360, 180 uh, Wurlitzer roller coaster lurch 
as I realised that I'd left this little pouch with, I think, uh, well, hang on, I can tell you exactly, 4.28 grams of (laughs) cannabis resin uh, right beside my bed. And wow. I thought no more of it because um, uh, having been an, uh, um, an all-boys school since the age of seven, uh, the onset of uh, girls in school was just too much to, yeah. uh, to cope with. Yeah, yeah, and the minute big distraction. <laughs> I saw um, uh, uh, Leslie Clark was her name, my, uh, <laughs> my first love. Uh, as soon as I saw Leslie Clark in class, uh, that was it. Uh, that's all I could think about was her. Until I got home that afternoon. Yeah. And there were two policemen waiting right. for me. Wow. And to cut a long story short, um, I did at the time have a, a Honda 50. I was 17 uh, yeah. at, uh, at this time. And uh, the brake light had got... Sorry, the rear light had packed up. Right. And what I'd been doing was essentially riding the, uh, uh, the foot brake, which would just uh, put the, uh, the, brake the brake light, light on. on. So I, I was... Exactly. Light. That's exactly what I was doing. (laughs) And I'd hoped (laughs) that it might have been something to do with that (laughs) until one of the, uh, one of the uh, policemen mentioned the squinting cat, which was the name of the cafe where uh, all things nefarious uh, happened. Right. And I knew exactly uh, what it was about. And um, uh, they wanted to search my bedroom um, and I actually I tried to get into uh, uh, to my bedroom first, but uh, one of the policemen beat me to it. Yeah. Um, and as soon as he sh- saw which door I was heading for, just jumped in front of me and got in there first. Right. And um, uh, there it was, exactly where I'd left it, yeah. right beside my uh, my my bed. And uh, he immediately went for a chest of drawers, and uh, once he upended the contents onto the floor, it wasn't the biggest room in the in the uh, in the in the world. Um, I just thought, well, you know, I'd sooner not have the room trashed. Yeah. So I just said, I think that's what you're looking for, and uh, pointed out uh, the pouch. Yeah. To which they uh, immediately seized upon it and opened it up and sniffed it. And are you aware of what this is? And uh, rather cheekily, I said, "Well, I, I certainly hope so. <laughs> Otherwise, I've been ripped off, yeah, haven't I? Yeah, paid good money for this, <laughs> exactly." And that was it. I was taken to Saffron Warden Police Station, put in a police cell for two or three hours uh, while they went through the paperwork and said, uh, we are arresting you uh, wow. uh, for possession of uh, what we believe to be cannabis resin. Um, but the charge couldn't be formal until they'd actually had the uh, substance tested to yeah. uh, uh, ascertain that it was indeed, mm-hmm. which it was. Yeah. Um, and I was then taken to court um, oh, wow. at a later date. And because I was 17, I was uh, criminally responsible, so there was nothing uh, juvenile that right. uh, wow. uh, I could cop for. Um, And my ignorance uh, led me to believe that it was either uh, Borstal, uh, a fine, uh, or detention um, uh, centre, and hopefully, possibly probation, which I saw as being the easier, softer option, uh, which indeed it is. uh, But um, uh, a supervisionary order 
uh, contains terms and conditions that you're actually not aware of until you've agreed and been, as it were, sentenced to yeah. uh, a period of um, supervisionary probation. My stretch was two years, and the clerk of the court then... Um, uh, read out terms and conditions, which essentially it's a bit like parole, really. You yeah. know that uh, if they want you back inside, they'll nick you for littering. So they're all of that. You know, if you don't show up for work, if you don't do homework while you're still at school, if you mess around in class, if you give lip to your boss, if you don't pay your rent, if you cause unnecessary strife within yeah. the family household and this oh, is wow. what ultimately I was uh, uh, done for and that constitutes a breach of the order and uh, I was then uh, taken back to court wow. um, and the order was uh, changed from a supervisionary one to a custodial right. one in the interim uh, the uh, uh, initial hearing uh, the headmaster of the local comprehensive expelled me in front of the court mm -hmm. um, and I can understand Understand, he didn't want fifteen hundred parents uh, phoning up, wanting to know what the hell was going on yeah. in the school. It was a dodgy time, nineteen seventy seventy one. The perceived wisdom was that if you smoked a joint on Monday, you were mainlining heroin by Friday. And it was it was such a tough a one as well because it was so close to the time that it was completely accepted because it was mm. a new drug and un unknown and 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 people like Leary spoke so. So so eloquently and alluringly of of these things, and mm. uh, and it caused that huge backlash to a war on drugs and, and numerous um, pieces of propaganda material that now can be traced to have been funded by tobacco industries and funded yeah. by all sorts of other Absolutely. illegal industries to stop this evil demon yeah. drug coming through. But yeah, it was very much. This 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 dark, scary, horrible yes, thing. You're, absolutely. Particularly, well, you've you've got your motorbike. You probably had your leather jacket. You, you're straight off of the screen. You're, well, you're straight off the screen of the of, of the rebellious element. I, I was just going to say, you know, um, uh, the, there was a war on youth. Yeah. Um, back yeah, then. Yeah. Um, it, uh, it, it, and, it's, um, um, and it's not l l long from the first time, as crazy as it sounds, the first time youth had a voice and had a movement well with, indeed with rock and roll and with things like that as as cliche as that sounds that was the first time youth weren't kind of just seen and not heard and so mm, on and so forth indeed. It was the first I time it was we've got our own voice and our own thing exactly so that was it. A scary element, exactly I guess. it well um the biggest sort of misnomer really or misperception uh, of the 60s uh -huh. was that Sergeant Peppers at all yeah. um, was a minority. Mm -hmm. The rest of the 60s, the other 90% of it, yeah. if you will, was rock-solid post-war establishment, which yeah. was brought up on seen and not heard, yeah. do as you're told, do not... Uh, question do not argue yeah. do as i say not as i do yeah, um yeah, yeah. all of that and it really did um frighten the establishment hugely they yeah. really thought that yeah. um the uh, society is going to fall apart it's all going to come uh, and down around indeed them, yeah. so stamp on it make an example of mm. everybody who is caught on the wrong side of the line so to wow. speak and uh, in effect, um, you know, timing is all, as the great man said, and that uh, is 
pretty much how I uh, live my life. Yeah. You know, I don't believe in coincidence, but I certainly do believe in timing. Yeah. And uh, this was just bad timing, really. Right. Yeah. Um, the problem with being expelled from the school uh, there and then, forthwith and not a second uh, later, mm. uh, was that uh, I was playing the lead in the school play right, at the so time. Well, um, the compromise was that I was allowed to rehearse and perform right. the play, but on no account was I to attend lessons. That's, that's well, it broke my heart. That's the, yeah, yeah, that's like I the mean, best of both what? worlds, right? <laughs> exactly. What is this punishment you speak of? Exactly. <laughs> I rocked up to school on my Honda 50 yeah. <laughs> in time for rehearsals and, and uh, saw them all sat there um, with... Sh- um, collars open and jackets on backs of chairs yeah. sweating and fretting over Moliere or whatever yeah. else was uh, on the syllabus at you the time and the thinking you know boy i wish i was with you yeah yeah <laughs> it breaks my heart that i'm not in there with you yeah hey ho that's how it goes it, eh? it, it blows it, it blew my mind at school even that that suspension was a step above detention yeah, the punishment of being kept there longer is surely far worse than the punishment of not having to go in at all. Even though you're, fr- it's frowned upon and you're damned, you're still not having to Absolutely. go in anymore. Which at that point you yes. don't want to do. Yes, know? well, I, I uh, at boarding school I copped um, uh, a week suspension mm. uh, for repeatedly being caught smoking. I think about eight <laughs> times yeah. in, in, in two days or something. Yeah. And, uh, well, <laughs> um, I just remember sitting in the local flea pit in Bishop Snortford, actually. Uh, Clavering uh, is pretty much exactly between the two towns, eight yep. miles either side. And um, uh, Women in Love uh, was playing at the Regent. And I can remember there on a Monday afternoon with a packet of number six, puffing away, watching uh, Jenny Linden and Alan Bates uh, having a quick knee trembler uh, up uh, up against an oak tree and thinking, yeah. this is punishment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, bring it on. Um, however, um, the probation officer that I had in South Morden um, came to see uh, me perform in this uh, play at uh, Saffron Morgan County High School, as it is known as now. Uh-huh. Um, it was the insect play by the brothers Chapek. And right. um, I played the tramp, uh, which is essentially, um, uh, you know, the, uh, he's never off. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole play revolves around this character, yep. hence uh, the disaster that would have been uh, if, if you're uh, from that exactly yeah. you know there would have been no play it'd be like yeah. trying to play Hamlet without Hamlet yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, it couldn't be done so uh, anyway uh, my probation officer saw me uh, in that and was very taken uh, with my performance so much so that the next time I had to see him which was Tuesday afternoon at five o'clock um, uh, that's essentially all he banged on about. He was uh, well, well impressed. Yeah. Um, however, um, come the time when I was reassigned to uh, a custodial uh, order, uh, which involved going from court in South and Walden, uh, driven by my probation officer uh, up to uh, um, Southwood Probation Hostel for Boys in Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, um, 
uh, and uh, when we finally arrived, it was about a ten-hour journey. It was a nightmare. He got lost around Spaghetti <laughs> Junk. Oh, right, it, yeah. it, it really was. It, 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 a gruesome journey. Um, however, um, we finally made it. And his last words uh, before, uh, I can only assume, heading all the way back to, to Essex right. uh, there and then, uh, was to say to the warden and matron of, of the hostel, who were in fact man and wife, um, I, I've seen him act and he, he is very good. Um, is there any way that this could be encouraged? And um, it was uh, it was very much like boarding school, as a matter of fact. Yeah, you know, there yeah, were strict yeah. rules and regulations. We weren't actually locked up, although mm-hmm. obviously at night all exits to uh, mm-hmm. the real world uh, were locked. But we weren't in cells or anything, right, even okay. though we had what was known as single rooms, which were... Pretty much. I mean, they were just like tiny little bedrooms, really, yeah, with reinforced yeah. glass and, uh, you know, a little, um, and only small windows. Uh, but, um, I was in one of them, uh, when I should really have been in a dormitory, but for right. some reason I ended up in a single room, which, which caused a bit of problems because they were, uh, um, uh, a privileged item. Of course. You know, yeah. If you yeah. behaved yourself, then that's what your, your, uh, first. So entering with the first impression it, of you yeah. getting some kind of privilege exactly. or wherever there's not. Yeah. Exactly. And, um, you know, I, uh, also I was a first offender or first time offender mm-hmm. um all the other lads are about another 20 or so uh in the hostel uh had all got a lot of previous yeah. a lot a lot of previous yeah um and had really been right through the gamut from yeah. short-term dc three months uh six months uh long term and that's all you can uh get uh it's a, the short sharp shock yeah. Uh, side of uh, it all. Um, Borstal, some have been uh, YPs, young prisoners, in right. strange ways, Walton. Uh, you know, they, uh, wow. they'd they all um, uh, done an awful lot, and mainly um, twockers, uh, yeah. uh, uh, breaking an entry, right, okay. uh, twocking, t- uh, taking without owner's consent, right, uh, okay. um, car nicking. Um, yeah. There were a couple of GBHs, a couple of ABHs, but nobody had been in there for drugs. I was going to say, it's different from smoking a bit of weed oh absolutely indeed yeah indeed but what saved me um was uh the fact that uh, uh i was funny right. uh i have uh, quite a um uh, a talent <laughs> um uh for imp- impersonation so i could do impressions of uh, the staff you know perfect and I learned from a very early age that if people are laughing at you, then they're not going to hit you. Yeah. Uh, yeah so yeah. that saved me from probably an awful lot of, of beatings. Yeah, that's great. Um, that's but, but ultimately, it was no different from school. You yeah. know, I certainly didn't suffer the trauma of being separated from the family home or anything like that. That happened years uh, previously. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, it was pretty much instead of double latin you got double toilet cleaning yeah Um, yeah. you also went out to work you know and i got a job as a hospital porter Mm -hmm. and um to be fair i think it wasn't a bad system really because um your wage packet had to be returned uh with yourself of course uh to the uh warden Mm -hmm. um unopened Right, um, yeah. which actually uh, 
posed a bit of a problem uh, when I received my first pay packet at Mossley Hill Hospital in, in Liverpool is <laughs> where I was portering uh, because you had to open the, uh, the packet in front of the pay clerk um, to make double certain that you had the right money. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. he'd take out your uh, wage slip and check uh, the net amount against mm-hmm. what was actually, you know, it's a little brown envelope with yeah, a window yeah, in it, sure. you know, those type of things. Yeah. And I was in a terrible state because I thought, oh, no, I'm going to be in trouble now because yeah. I've opened the um, yeah. my pay packet. <laughs> uh, anyway, I wasn't because yeah. um, uh, they realized that, you know, I had no choice in the matter. So uh, they, they weren't sadistic in, the, in yeah. that sense you know yeah. there was an element of fairness in all of that yeah but it's interesting because it because it feels like um accommodation wise and whatnot as you kind of say if if you'd simply changed schools it would have just felt like oh this is just a different school if mm. you know what i mean like yes. this it isn't quite as nice but mm. or particularly that one oh this must be what the schools are like up north Yes, kind of rather yes. than the, the fact is it was actually a punishment and <laughs> this kind of. But if, oh, yeah. if you if you'd not known otherwise, it wouldn't have been. It Indeed. doesn't feel as if it would have been that much of a. No, no. Look where no, I am. No, yeah. it would. It, you, you know, you you were forced um, to clean the place mm-hmm. uh, morning and at night before yeah. you went to work and uh, when you came back. Yeah. And given that nobody was there all day, you know, it wasn't. Uh, you know, an you know an arduous task it was just something you had to do yeah yeah yeah. um and that presumably was you know to instill a bit of discipline Mm -hmm. uh in your in your character uh five pounds out of your wage packet was sent straight to the home office which i guess puts you in the uh uh, mindset of uh realizing that uh what you earn isn't all yours Mm -hmm. you've got to pay for stuff um, most especially your I've never let you forget that, have they? No. <laughs> no, no, no. You got 20 pence a day for your lunch. Right. And uh, a pound for the weekend. Wow. And you were allowed out um, certain times, but only so far. Um, uh, essentially, St. George's Hall was the, uh, was the border in uh, the centre of Liverpool. Mm-hmm. And if you crossed over into Lime Street and were seen... Uh, then you were straight back to court. That right. was the thing. Right. You I were see. essentially in a halfway house type situation. Yeah, that's fascinating that there's uh, oh yeah restrictionary oh, borders. Very much. You've got that freedom, but it's li- yeah, yeah. literally you cross you, you, you cross, cross the, line. the line. Yes, and, and, and then you really are in trouble, wow. and wow, uh, no mercy uh, ensues. Yeah, uh, a, not a lot, um, but um, several. Yeah, uh, boys, tr- because you're allowed out, you see, during yeah. the day, yeah. and that temptation um, is, indeed, is and a few of, of them uh, succumbed, you know, and tried to abscond. Uh, they were I always guess that's found. part of it, isn't it? Mm. To, to to put that temptation Absolutely. there and teach you to not choose it, rather than not give you the option. Indeed, it's a better lesson yes. to say what here you it want is. is here. Yes. You can't have it. Yeah. You know, that's well, that's going to teach you more, I guess. Well, do you know, that's a brilliant point, Pip, because that, that, you, you've just reminded me. Because when it came to allowing me to go out mm-hmm. uh, when every other boy couldn't uh, to attend rehearsals, um, I, I ended up joining. Uh, they gave me, I think it was about three or four days after I'd arrived, uh, a flyer. Uh, for uh, a company called Merseyside Unity Theatre, mm-hmm. which, as it turned out, was a tip-top Amdram company. Yeah. And there was a little handwritten note on this flyer uh, informing me that there was a small part 
in the current production of Events While Guarding the Bofors Gun by John McGrath. Okay. Uh, part of a German soldier, he appears right at the beginning of the play. Uh, uh, the main cast take the mickey out of him, and he's gone uh, by about page four, I think. Yeah, you yeah. know, half a dozen lines, uh, and that was it. Well, when I uh, got permission to to attend, because they could only rehearse in the evenings mm-hmm. uh, twice during the week, right? Yeah, uh, midweek rehearsals, um, which was contra- uh, contravened, uh, you know, the rules of and regulations yeah. of the hostel. However, um, I was given permission on the understanding, and this comes back to the point you raised there, uh, Pip, that that um, that I did not abuse the trust that I yeah. was given. Yeah. Because like any company, whether it's drama or a choir or, or whatever, you know, the usual form is that once you finish, um, several, if not all, retire to the local pub, you know, have a couple of drinks and yeah. then go their their way. Well, A, I couldn't stay to the end of rehearsal, so um, that precluded any of that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but temptation was always there. Liverpool's full of bars, you know. Yeah. Um, but I never wanted did I abuse the trust mm-hmm. that I was granted because yeah. I, I valued uh, the theatre far more than, you know, sticking two fingers up at uh, authority. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I played the game it's, in that respect. It, it's fascinating here because there's, there's a continued theme of, of, of honest rebellion mm. um, from from the age of five of smoking but getting caught and owning up to it and from even if it was said in a a sarcastic or frivolous way the addressing of what you've got to the to to, to the police when they're searching your room the going to school when there was all the snow all these Mm. things of, of of making those choices it was i had i had howard marks on the podcast just before he passed away Um, and it was amazing to chat to him and it was fascinating to realize he's one of the most known criminals in 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 the land yet he only ever did broke laws he didn't agree with Mm. if that makes sense Mm. and uh, uh, one of the things that we discussed in a story i told to kind of get across the strangeness of of having laws that we don't agree with Mm. but obeying them them blindly is um a relative of mine at the age of uh, uh, over 50 uh, i went to amsterdam and for the first time tried tried weed had never Mm. tried it before and it struck me and they asked me for advice because they knew that i'd done my fair share in my in my days like i kind of i helped them out with the right thing to get and it fascinated me that if i went somewhere that, that murder was legal i wouldn't go oh i'll give murder a try yes I know exactly I mean, so it's, what you it's mean. bizarre yes. that we have these laws that if 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 we go to another place and they're allowed, we would potentially do them. So mm. why do we accept that and obey that as a yeah. as a law? And it, yeah, it just strikes me that all of the the, the issues that you'd had of, of of rebellion in your youth, and again, it's in the context of of era and mm. of time of the, yeah. those things wouldn't be stamped upon as much now, wouldn't be seen as much of a as much of a rebellion in this day and age no. as such. But um, yeah, they're all ones where you've kind of. You've known what you're doing is wrong, but you've only been doing it to yourself. Yes. You're smoking a cigarette. You're yes. smoking the weed. You're not Absolutely. engaging in any acts against anyone else. And then when caught, you've been quite, yep, Absolutely. hands up to it. So it's Absolutely. kind of, it, it, it makes sense that then when 
put in that situation where you have the choice to break the rules but repeatedly choose not to that makes that makes perfect sense to me because it's it's yeah. it, it's in keeping with the the type of rebellion you've been punished for absolutely well there's a, a sort of moral code in there yeah, yeah, somewhere yeah. you know completely, uh, completely. um and um i i i have such a horrifically guilty conscience mm-hmm. and and always have done i think yeah. um that it, it's uh the lesser of the two pains really yeah um because the pain of of uh, deceit uh, is infinitely greater than the pain of, of owning up to something, knowing full well what the uh, <laughs> the punishment's going to be. Yeah, um, exactly. And, and uh, that, that's uh, that's essentially um, you know how I how I live uh, or try uh, to uh, you know live my life. Yeah. And um, another sort of perverse twist, just on on that sort of uh, note is um, while um, I, like everybody else, hates paying tax, mm-hmm. I always get a feeling of freedom yeah. when I have indeed met the demand in full, yeah. written the check or backed the amount yeah. Yeah, as, yeah, yeah, as yeah. it is now. And uh, while it's always a huge hole that's left, yeah. um, what always makes me feel better is the fact that I've done it. And I see that as allowing me to say what I like, do what I like, within reason, of course, um, because I've paid my dues. You've paid for the right to Absolutely. do so. Perfect. Man, I told you, that guy has got the most amazing stories. Imagine how lucky I am. I'm working on this amazing f- film, and, w- and when I'm not f- I'm not filming, I'm getting to talk to these, I'm getting to hear stories off Chris, off Neil, off Stevie, off everyone. It's amazing. And it, honestly, everyone on this set, I'm going to try not to immediately, but I want to do a podcast with l- literally everybody. Um, um, Adam Fogarty's is amazing. Um, Jill Halfpenny is absolutely amazing. And they're just, yeah, amazing people. So there will be more to come, but um, I'll hold off for a bit, hopefully. I'm going to keep this outro short because there's another one coming up at midday. So uh, check that out. I'll see you in a bit. Bye-bye.